Right, hello, hi, I'm Biohacking Joe Baines and I'm doing the Life uh, Hacking Podcast. So I have Matt Wills here. Hello. And Ian Miller. Hello. Both doing shows here. So guys, before we start, do you want to tell us about your shows? Sure. So uh, why don't you start with 101? Yeah, so 101, we've been running, it's a comedy club. We've been running it since about 2012. And we have four different pro acts on every night. And with this year we're doing two shows, we've got one at 2.30 and one at 7.30 and yeah, it's just generally a good laugh and come on down and we'll do some dick jokes in the pub to you. Excellent, but since 2012? Yeah. Wow, that's a long time. I got out of London when all the madness was going on for the Olympics. Alright, and, and so where, where is the club normally? Uh, oh yeah, I should mention where the fuck it is, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I'm allowed to swear. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> No, no, you're fucking not. <laughs> Just check. This is an adult audience, so it's uh, it's the Hanover Tap on Hanover Street. That's E H two one D R. Uh, twice a day, half two and half seven. But, but do you have it during the, the rest of the year anywhere else? It pops up occasionally in pubs around the UK. Very okay. occasionally. So it's a it's a standard comedy club setup. So yeah. Four great comedians, one mediocre MC. But so, so where where else has it performed outside of Edinburgh? Uh, Fabersham. So, oh, I see. Oh, yeah, Fabersham. Yeah, yeah. yeah, some of the counties. We took took it to a couple of the pubs. So then, yeah, we're, we're probably going to start doing that a lot more. Okay, are you thinking? No, we do say that every single fringe. Every year, like, yeah. We'll we'll start proper regular shows. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know we're too fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, where do you guys live? Uh, I live in Kent. Place called St. Rood or Strood. It's, it's next door to Chatham. Do you know what a Chad is? Have you uh, heard of the term Chatham? Yeah, I have. Death not... Chatham. Okay. That's where oh. the term comes from. Oh, the right. Okay. One, of the, one of the audience. Yeah, is that, I, is that I live like, next door to that. Is that like the only way is Essex? Is that what we it's like that, but poorer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Much, much poorer. Much, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's where Charles Dickens wrote. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. And where are you? Uh, originally from Dagenham in Essex. Yeah, we're all church. Uh, I say Dagenham, no fuck has ever heard of them in church, so I'll just yeah, that's right. just say Dagenham. It's on the underground. I can't do Yeah, we're in Scotland, Yeah, and we did something to shoot map. Every everybody's heard of the BMP, you know, so, which is in originally yeah. Dagenham. Yeah, yeah. Are they still there or? I don't know. They don't know more. Okay, all right. But. I'm a member of a thing called the EDL, right, which is uh, English Disco Lovers. Because we're trying to steal people from, because we love disco. So it's, it's just another take on it. It's a great joining. It's a Facebook group. It's superb. English disco lovers. Get awesome. Right. I like that. Yeah. 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 Draw them away from the actual EDL. I, I want to start. I want to start a UKIP group, but it'll mean something completely different. <laughs> what could UKIP stand for? Undenighted industry performers. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, there you go guys, nick that idea as quickly as you can. Okay, right, so we've done the shows, okay, so it's, this is about life hacks, and life yeah, hacks is all about... Your show, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh so I thought you two were doing it together. No, we are, so okay. uh, we, yeah, we, we run that jointly, and then I've got a solo show at the same venue, that's the Hanover Tap on Hanover Street, cleanest toilet of any bar in Edinburgh. And uh, my show is at five o'clock, it's called Skydive to Stand Up. It's about me, I jumped out of an aeroplane, it's all true, and I forgot to pull my parachute. Ooh. Yeah. All so right. it's funny, it's tragic, and then it gets funny again. And did the parachute open eventually, or? Well, Joe, you're gonna have to come at the show. <laughs> so. No, because there is one woman that fell out of the plane. More than one. Okay, but not just women, men as well. Yeah, but, and she survived without a parachute. Yeah, quite a few people. Have. Oh, have they? Oh, I see. I thought it was just one person. No, no, it's not unusual. It's but yeah, it's uh, come along and see. It's a really interesting show. It's a forty-five minute show. It's all part of the free festival, and it happens every single day at the Hammerville Tap. So, so how many times have you jumped out and played? One hundred and sixty. Hundred. Oh, so you are fully qualified. Yeah, yeah, and one hundred and fifty-nine went really well. Okay, yeah, that last jump. Yeah, because there's this direct access course you can do where you do 20 jumps. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. at the end of it, you can then jump by yourself. Yeah, well, there's a, it's called advanced free fall. You just go through it. 
It's like learning to drive a car. Yeah, yeah. that's it. I, I, I keep the hill plates attached. So. I, I, I actually looked at doing it in Spain. You should do it. Probably a brother. Great drop zone. Great place to jump. Oh, you, you, can get, you can become qualified in about three days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just jump and jump and jump all day long. It's lovely. It's great. It's, wow. It's not dangerous in any way. Yeah, no. And how much is it down there? So the AFF will cost you. I think these days it's in the region of two to three grand. Okay. Well, yeah. probably cheaper actually. It depends how much kit you have to hire. You've got to fly over your accommodation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, accommodation is cheap. Flights are cheap. Yeah. Um, you go to like, your travel insurance goes up if you. Your travel insurance. Really oh does right, does it? Okay. So do you need? Yeah, but the thing is, yeah. Yeah, but do you really need travel insurance for yeah. parachute jumping? Yeah. No, no, let me ask why. Because if it fucks up, right, um, you're dead. Not always. I'm here. I'll All right. Off. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm talking to you just before 12 on a, on a Tuesday, so maybe I did. <clears throat> true, true. This whole festival is just a dream. It's just a yeah, dream. Yeah, well, actually, it is. You know, like quantum physics says, this is uh, an illusion anyway. Um, so there we go. Multiverse, there's a multiverse yeah. out there where you didn't Everyone's just switched off. Well, there's the information universe. You know about the information universe? You know, have you all been puffing on weed this morning? <laughs> Did I miss a go on a joint? Is this what's happening? I, I actually had one the other day. Uh, somebody had some. And uh, we all um, took it. I mean, the next day, yeah, I, was, I had a groggy head. It was uh, crazy. Uh, so, right, okay, so so how have you optimized your life? What have you done in the day-to-day, -day, um, morning routine, anything like that, yeah. that could be useful to other people? Uh, I, I, my life in the last six years, I, I feel I've only been alive for the last six years, and the reason for that is, um, so I was a drug addict and an alcoholic, um, so I was born with a disease, and six years ago I had, um, I had both my hips replaced, and it changed my life completely. Um, and then since then, I've quit alcohol, drugs, all of it. And uh, yeah, I feel like the last six years I've been alive. It's been absolutely super. So you're like a broad, born again, whatever you want. Born again, every, I'm so boring now. I mean, I'm really pretty boring. So if I didn't do comedy, I'd probably be in bed by about half nine, ten o'clock every single night. I wake up at quarter to five every day. Um, I get up, I, I try and go to the gym almost every single day. Um, I, I have... Do you know the guy who wrote Dilbert? You know the cartoon? Yeah, yes. Okay, so he believes in a, in a thing called the system, right? So you, the, you just follow a system. You create habits and that becomes the system. It, it, go to his website. It's absolutely superb. I, I've, I've, I've heard his interview where Tim Ferriss interviews him. That's a great interview. Yeah, that's an absolutely superb. And, and he talks, and I've actually used that method, yeah. He talks about writing whatever your goal is yeah. um, for three months. I think it's 20 times a day or 30 times. I actually did that, was it last year or the year before? And it happened. Right. Like it just happened. There's a thing that Henry Ford says, which is um, whether you think you're right or whether you think you're, no, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're normally right. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to, on my, when I was writing my show, so it was in a Word document, and the, I had a bottom bit on, the, on every single page and it just said, I am unstoppable. And because you get moments of doubt, don't you, right? Yeah. And you're creating this stuff, oh, this is rubbish, and no, this is great, this is rubbish. And you just kind of go through a, a roller coaster of emotions. And um, yeah, I just kept looking at it going, yeah, I am unstoppable. Don't, yeah, don't quit. Come on, I can do this. And then the other words I've got are, I can. So I have little stupid inspirational mm. things around my computer. And I have, if I ever hear a really good motivational quote, um, I make a note of it. I think I've got about 140 of them now. And I just now and again, when you get those low moments, yeah, I look at the motivational stuff and just go, oh, yeah, it's going to be all right. Yeah. Because it normally is. Right? It is, yeah, yeah. It's all in our head, most of it. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can set yourself. Clinical depression sort of runs in my family, but I'm lucky enough I don't suffer from it. But for those people who are clinically depressed, they have a really hard time. Like their, their chemicals are unbalanced, and it's, it gives them you know, they go through hell. But if you haven't got that, if you're just feeling miserable, there are different ways you can you know try and achieve it rather than I don't want to Tom Cruise it. That's not about medication. But, 
There's a thing that changed my life completely, and this, this was the number one thing. And it was at the top of Bank Escalator on the tube station, and it just says, if you don't like your life, you can change it. And I saw that for eight years, and I never understood it. And then one day I went, then you bought a pair of nice That's me, <laughs> that's me, I can change it. Yeah, uh, so okay. I did. And, uh, I did like meditate, exercise, um, I'm kind to others. That, that gives me more. That really fills my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Being kind to others. Have you done a bit fast now yet then? What's that? No. But you only you say you meditate. Yeah, no, I just sit there and meditate and I just breathe. I just breathe. Uh, okay. yeah, and, and have you used the muse too for meditation? No, what's that? It's the uh, it's the headband you put it on your head. I thought it was just a gimmick, but bloody hell, it works. Like, I now refuse to meditate without it. In fact, when I travel, I carry it with me. Um, but it, it's basically biofeedback for meditation. So you know like when you're sitting and meditating, you're not sure whether you're doing it right, and yes. your mind can wander. Um, and then you don't realize your mind has wandered, and then you know you could have wandered for five minutes before you realize you could bring it back. Hmm. But this thing pings you all the time. And so as soon as your meditation goes wrong, you know it straight away. Uh, and so okay, what's that called? It's called Muse 2. It's totally changed how I meditate. Okay. I, I just ordered it from Amazon because it's got a 30 day money back guarantee. And I just wanted to try it. And I, my goal was that I'd try it, it wouldn't be that good, and I would send it back and so it wouldn't cost me anything. But I've kept it and I'm now looking forward to Muse 3. I'm thinking if this thing is this good, what's wow, the next yeah. going to be? I'll wait till the Muse 6 comes out or the Muse 6. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 like what it does, it connects to the phone. And it monitors your brain waves. And so how much does this thing cost? Come on. I think it's like two, three hundred pounds, something like that. Oh wow! Oh, okay. oh. I don't know. It's between two to four. I, I bought it. I'm going to need all of you to come and see my show and donate generously. Then, if I'm going to buy one of these, uh, it, it, these it, two things, it, 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 I swear to you, it's the best. Like, okay. I mean, I didn't believe in these gimmicks, yeah, yeah. but it has totally changed my meditation. A friend of mine, he's a, he's a Buddhist and he's been practicing Buddhism for a couple of decades. Um, and he's, he keeps telling me about the power of chanting. And it, it's a bit like what you said about Scott Adams, you write it down, write it down. He chants this same thing every single day. And it's a Buddhist chant. And he just sits there for 20 minutes with his eyes open and he just chants and chants and chants. And he thinks about what he wants and he chants and chants and chants. Pretty much, he gets. I mean, the guy's reasonably happy. He gets pretty much. He doesn't need a lot to live, and he's, he's reasonably happy. That's, yeah, there's a lot to say for that. Well, it also because we've got the the reticular activation system in our brain, which is our like guided missile thing. Once you can program that to go for something, it will then use your subconscious mind to push you yeah, in that absolutely. direction. Yeah, yeah. So it's like um, it'd be like say you wanted to lose weight, right? Um, and you're, all you can think about is cakes and McDonald's, uh, you're not going to lose weight. But say you're, um, it tells, say you love salads, for example, right? And you hate cakes and you hate McDonald's food and you hate all these fast foods, but you just love salad, um, you're going to lose weight without even trying. You should program yeah, that's just, right. Yeah. And that comes from the subconscious mind, that's the reticular activation system. Yeah. And it, if you can program that, that's what hypnosis is all about. If yeah. you can program that thing, it will literally take you there. It's like an autopilot for your brain. So I'm quite lucky, so I'm, I'm really easily susceptible. So Me I'm too. Not any ESP, yeah. So I'm really easily susceptible. So um, like I'm an advertiser's dream. If I see an advert, like all I want to buy at the moment is a news too. That's all I want. Oh, really? Well, just because you've said it, I'm like, oh, I want one of them. Um, and I really struggle to give up. Um, Marijuana, because I've, I've been on it for you know, 30 odd years. Um, it's pain relief. And in the end, I had to see someone and he hypnotized me. He spent about two hours with me um, and I haven't touched it since. And, yeah, it was just, wow, and it, not only that, but the day after, I was with some people who were smoking and the guy offered me a joint. And normally I'd have, I'd have an internal conflict, so it'd be like, good man here and bad man here, and they'd be like, oh, take the joint, take the joint, don't take the joint, don't take the joint. And when he offered it to me, I was like, no, I'm fine. And I didn't have that internal conflict. 
because he'd reprogrammed my brain in about two hours. It was really handy. And the last time I saw him, because I'm trying to get rid of the bad, toxic things in my life, so um, chocolate is the thing I'm trying to get rid of currently. And he reprogrammed me on that. And I lasted for about six weeks, and then I collapsed terribly. But after reprogramming the first time on chocolate, um, he said, just don't feel bad when you eat chocolate. For the next week, bear in mind, I've never touched marijuana since he'd done the whole more, more, more. But on chocolate, I start my 10 to 15 bars a day after he hypnotized me. It, I went like that, my chocolate intake. And then he phoned me up, he went, how's it going? I went, it's really, really bad. And he said something, and then I didn't touch it again for six weeks. Wow, what's his name? I mean, Jason I, Simmons. He's absolutely super. I'll have to get him. He's yeah, changed my life. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Because I have a couple of nagging things, which if I get rid of it, I'll be a rocket. And you want to get rid of it, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Oh, okay, but that's because I wanted to get rid of marijuana and, and nicotine and all that. So he didn't want to get rid of chocolate. I, I clearly don't, right? That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's the point that you have to want to get rid of it. I don't. I don't think I want to get rid of chocolate bad enough. Hence the yeah, the little bit of belly. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I want to get rid of this because it would just turn me into a rocket, basically. Um, okay. All right. And so my approach is pretty much the exact opposite of all this. Get a chocolate. <laughs> I mean, I used to be quite overweight and. So I, I've lost weight, but I didn't do any of the the uh, sort of new age hippie sort of getting yeah. results in the face until you, you're thin or something like that. I just, I think I made a decision that I wanted to lose weight and I sort of just, because I think I had tried before and failed where I was going, generally I'm going to become the Mr. Zen Buddhist fucker I'm gonna just drink tea all day and sit here in a whatever position. And it's just that's just not gonna work. Because you were you were thinner. I think it was last year or the year before I saw you. You were really thin. Yeah, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Yeah, yeah. too thin. When I first met Ian, so I see him about twice a year. So we work together on this show, um, and then we talk to one another. But yeah, we, we don't see a lot of each other. Um, and it's all done remotely and you know, on text and stuff. And I hadn't seen him for about eight months and I was meeting up with him and he went, just to let you know, I look a little bit different. And I went, okay, and he went, I've just lost a little bit of weight. So I went, okay. And he turned up, he stood in front of me, and I didn't, didn't recognise him. Yeah. And he went, it's me. And you look so, from... Thin, yeah. Thin, and what do we associate with someone who's gone through rapid weight loss? You think they're sick. Right, so I was like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, you got yeah. cancer. Yeah, yeah, that no, was it. I was like, oh my god, you're doing it well. No, I just, I just stayed out of McDonald's for six months. Yeah, yeah, and it was, it was quite inspiring, right? Because I said, how did you do it? And you went, watch my calories and I exercised hard. That was it. You counted calories and you exercised hard. It's as simple as that, right? Simple and not easy. easy. It's not easy. No, it's not also, easy. I didn't start off by counting calories. All I did was, I did it a bit more naturally and started going, Okay, for this week, first week in January, I will, I know, only drink once a week. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then a little bit more, and a little bit more. So I think your willpower is basically like a muscle. Yeah. If you just, you just slap on like five hundred pounds on a barbell and try and deadlift it, first time out, that it's not going to work. Yeah. It ain't going to work. Yeah. You have to put a bit on. Get happy doing that. Bit more. Bit more. And. And that was probably about five years ago, I lost all the weight, and a lot of people, I think because I did it slowly, I, I've not gone and put it all back on. Because it, it is fairly, because actually the real battle is not losing it, it's actually keeping it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of people yelling you know, up and down, up and down. And I, my weight has gone up a bit, I'm still in the normal category on the BMI sort of stuff. Okay. So yeah. I went from being clinically obese to being underweight on BMI, I'm now. So I need to lose a bit more actually because I've been drinking a bit too so much. So how far below did it go? Uh, my lowest I was 140 pounds. What was your fat uh, percentage at the lowest? Did you drink for uh, so I was about 10% fat. 10%, okay. Yeah. Wow. How was your mind on that? Because I noticed when I'm... So I've lost about a stone and a half. 
And some days my mind is so sharp, especially when I don't eat. I'm a lot more sharper when I don't eat. But I've noticed I get colder and then sometimes I just wander into... I think I need a little bit of fat for my brain. Yeah, it's... it's yeah. I don't think that... that much so I'm not into the whole keto thing, so I don't think it's a good idea or healthy to cut out whole food groups. I it's, think it's done... It, well, it gets rid of diseases. So it makes it basically speeds up your healing by 100%. Uh, I'd like to see the, the medical yeah, studies like on that. Stats. Well, are, yeah. are you looking at it? <laughs> you're looking, I used to be disabled. Did you say you were 140 pounds? Yeah. Uh, 45. 145 pounds? I'm deserving. My God, that's the way I am now. That's 10 stone. That's it? Yeah. Wow. Oh, is it? Okay. I'm, I'm about, what, foot taller than you? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's skinny. Hang on, you used to be disabled and then you went keto. Yeah. How, what what was your disability? So I needed somebody to put me in and take me in and out of bed. I needed somebody to take me to the toilet. Um, I wouldn't have been able to come up those stairs. Um, I needed somebody to shower. The, the best bit was, you know, that I, I never showered alone because somebody had to take my clothes off and shower and change me. Um, so they used to... NHS, NHS. Yeah. So, so we used to have this, we basically got this routine where my brother would look after me during the day and my sister would look after me during the night and then my nephew would come and change my clothes once a week and shower me. Um, so we had that routine. What was, the, what was wrong with you? Um, I basically fucked my back up and my right hip um, and I did some internal damage so I also ended up with diabetes type 2. Um, I was like extreme diabetic, like 13.5 you know, on the test. Uh, like all the way. How did you do your hip and your back? Being an idiot, I think the skydiving. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I've done a couple of skydives. I've done parachute jumps. Uh, I used to do skiing and snowboarding. Um, I used to have a motorcycle. So I had a motorcycle. I think I must have had like ten motorcycle accidents. Um, I basically, I was an idiot. I was an idiot. I just thought I had hundred lives, but I found out I only had twenty. So. So, but... And then how did you get healthy? Uh, so... The, it wasn't just keto. No, it wasn't just keto. It was, uh, what happened was, because initially when I first became disabled, I ended up in hospital, and my psychology at that time was, you're the expert, you fix, you fix me. I don't want to know, you fix me. And so they basically just kept transferring me to hospital, hospital, because then each hospital just gave up, and then they said, well, that hospital's really good, send you there. And so I ended up going to two, four different hospitals, um, and each one just washed their hands off me, off me. And then the last hospital said, look, we can't keep doing this. We can't keep transferring you to another hospital. So you, we're just gonna, you're just going to have to live with it. Uh, we can't do anything for you. And that was the best thing that happened, because that transferred the responsibility. If you don't like your life, you can change it. Yeah, exactly. But once they come up, yeah, that's right, once it. But once they'd done that, once they told me that that was it, I, I can remember mentally taking the responsibility back. And as soon as I did that, it empowered me uh, to learn, to, to try different things. So I tried loads of different things, like 90% fail. I mean, I did the most ludicrous but things. 10% worked. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. the important thing. Mm. Right? That's why right. my approach to writing just accept that 90% of what you write is going to be shit. Yeah, so just exactly. keep blowing shit at that wall until that's Edison something turns out it. good. Yeah. Edison invented the light bulb. He did uh, 90. And now it was like so. three, yeah, it was like, no, it was thousands. Yeah. And he went, no, I just found 3,000 ways that it wouldn't work. Exactly. And I found one way that it would. Yeah. yeah, yes. But, but the biggest one that had the difference was uh, the two things that helped him the most was cannabis oil and uh, keto. Like, as soon as I went keto, uh, my body just changed. Like, it just, there's a, it girl, was just, there's a girl I work with, uh, a temp in an office to sort of supplement the, the huge amount of money I get from comedy. Um, and yeah, she's gone keto, I think she's about six stone down. Yeah, automatically, everything, your whole body just shifts. Just, like it's, a, it's a frame of mind, she's so much happier. Yeah, um, it's not positivity. just... It's, it's not, it's, gorgeous it, to see. it's, it's a chemical imbalance, the keto just balances your body. Like so our study showed what 
under medical supervision and done right treats um, the, 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 the treats uh, autism. The doctors, autism, doctors uh, don't know. Doctors don't know any. Don't know how to use keto properly. They see it as some weird shit. They have no idea. I've spoken to doctors. They don't even understand keto. That's some doctors. Right? Yes, but if you yeah. listen to um, so John Gorn does a podcast about keto. So he's, okay. a, he's a radio journalist um, with a doctor. Fascinating. And just listening to that, that that's the beauty of stuff like this, right? Because if one person watches this podcast and decides they're going to change their life because they're inspired by you and you lost like you know, seven stone or whatever. Yeah, by, by not doing keto or any other shit. <laughs> yeah. but, um, if that helps just one person, then it's all worthwhile. Oh, of right? course it is. Because yeah. that one person could go on to have a, a much more fulfilled life. They could then go on and have a child. That child might be the person who cures cancer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No pressure, people watching this. <laughs> That's what you're up against. That's what we're after. No, but the, Cure cancer. What they found, like depression and all these, all these um, mental states, they're also to do with the foods you eat. Like if you take a child and give them sweets, they're hyper, right? Yeah, you know, sure. they've got ADHD, they've got all kinds of stuff. Uh, and so if you balance your brain with the right nutrition, it's naturally happier. But for you though, I think it's different for each person. Of course it is, so yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. Ian would eat could yeah, work for me. Yeah, well. exactly, yeah, yeah. That's I find I'm better off with no food. Yeah. Significantly. I, 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 I think that's a complete wank when I'm hungry. So yeah, like, no, once, once I pass that though, I'm like, yeah. And my creativity. Wow. So if I if I go down to sort of a lot less calories and it's just and I go and I go So more. so you're when you when you don't eat and then you go down a bit and then it comes up. It comes when up. it comes back up you want ketosis. Yes, that's right. So yeah. you'll be and so it comes up because you've gone into ketosis. Yes, and I've got for me it's the sugar addiction that's what I struggle yeah, with. Yeah, same here, yeah, I struggle with that as well. That's one of the things for me to bruise is that's unlike you with chocolate, I don't want to give up half a beer. And booze as well, right? So how much sugar is in a pint of beer? Yeah. So you're probably addicted to the sugar as much as anything. When I stopped drinking for beer, I did what you did, so I'd eat loads of chocolate bars. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sugar is as addicted as cocaine, so Isn't it more so? Have you seen a comedian called Alastair Williams? No. I think he's the funniest comic on the fringe. But yeah, he does a great bit about they were they were testing um, testing cocaine versus the addictive yeah, mice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, and the mice were on the sugar, much more addictive. Yeah. Yes. But one of the differences between the two is because cocaine is a drug that affects that affects your liver takes out. Is with the cocaine you get used to it, you need bigger and bigger doses to get the same effect, whereas that's not true with the sugar. Oh, so you're yeah, a teaspoon of sugar, which would always give you the same response. The same, you get the same drop from one teaspoon, so that's why, and with most addiction, like most things that are addictive, there are people that take, like, I know loads of people at university that smoke loads and loads of weed, yeah. and they're perfectly fine, decent human beings. Yeah. Like me with drinking, you go out on a Friday, Tuesday night, you don't have to be up to like, four o'clock for lectures next day, booze, 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 and then you get into your twenties and you've got work and shit like that, so you don't smoke so much weed. Uh, but there's some of us who can't, so I can't, yeah. like, I can't yeah. have one beer. I can't, and it's not fair. I'd love to be able to drink like you. You can drink when you want. You're not governed by it. Yeah, I, yeah that. So what happens to you when you have a beer? I'm an arsehole. Oh, right, oh, I see. I yeah. The, my, the people around me, I make their life a misery. I actually lived. I, I lived with a guy um, when I was in uni, and he was Irish. He was the nicest guy on the planet, the, the most polite guy on the planet, right? But once he's had a few beers, he was he turned into a complete. And so every every time he got pissed, he would spend the next two days apologizing to loads of people, and he literally it was almost like two different people, because yeah. uh, I would be with him. When uh, he was going from sober to drunk, is he sober now? Do you know? I don't know. I mean, this was in university, committed to the other day. Yeah, yeah. Well, whereas I have a few drinks, I might talk to more people. Oh, do you see? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's for some it. people, it's a, it's great, right? For the mm. for the majority of people, I think mean, alcohol they, they yeah. can manage it really, really well. And some of us, we can't. 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I go to I go to AA meetings. They're a great help. Um, that is just a great fellowship. It really is. It's so really are you doing the twelve step program? Um, I'm, I'm not currently. No, I just I just I'm not ready really enough. I've just and it's been it's been a long time. Twelve step the one that the first step is to admit there's a God and you should no, do what He tells you. That's the that always put me off about AA, but it's not that at all. It's like yeah, just give your give your addiction over to a higher being, right? whatever that may be to you. It doesn't have to be God. Even the word God, they're like, you don't have to use that word. As long as you've got a desire to stay, uh, to quit drinking, that, that's what AA is all about. It's, a, it's fantastic. Yeah, the, the AA changed my life. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, the hypnosis. There's lots of little things. That yeah. Just, and it is, it's what you said, it's the hacks. Right? Yes, that's right. right yeah. The, yeah, like the, a few years ago, I was, going, I was going through a bad time, and it's the people I'm around. So Ian, you know, he struggles to be. Ian shows me great love and compassion, right? And that, yeah, a few years ago, when I was having a bad time, like, that really helped. And then, you know, it's the people around me who I've shown love and compassion to, and that comes back to as well. Tim Ferriss's podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, right? that just that blows me away. <laughs> just the people he talks to and what he gets out and what they give him. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. I've learned so much listening to, to that guy talk. Yeah, um, th- th- there's also, what's his name? Um, oh, the guy who invented biohacking. Uh, yes, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a fascinating man. What improves the exact. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't think of his name. Yeah. He wants to live till he's like 180. Yeah. And he will, you know. I've been um, following his thing <laughs> because he's actually gone younger. Um, have you heard of Ben Greenfield? Yeah, it's ringing a bell. Right, he hacked his body. So he's like in his forties, and he the last time he was tested, his biological age was I think it was twenty five or twenty two. So he reversed his age to like twenty five, twenty two. Depends how they measure that. Well, so they, they, actually, I'm fitter now than I was. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, but no, this guy went extreme. This guy went. This guy turned it into his mission. Yes. To reverse his age, so he did everything stem cells, the, the whole works. Uh, so, when, when biologically, when they test you, they're also testing your chromosomes, they're testing your what is that thing called right at the end of the DNA? That's a special name for it. Something clock, chromosome clock. I can't remember, but basically, what they found is that there's this thing right at the end of the DNA, and every time your cell has to replicate, this thing gets shorter. And if it gets too short, your cells can't replicate, and then you die. And that is a very accurate way to measure uh, age, mm-hmm. right? And I, there's a special name for it. And what this guy was able to do, it was to regrow that. So that he regrew it back to... Oh, you need to end the show notes here. You need to post all of that information so yeah. you can find out. Yeah. Yeah, mainly me. The study is shit. You do your own research. I mean, you know what I don't get, right? Well, Wikipedia. No, 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 Wikipedia. You've got Google, right? Like, like if I want, if you said told me something, right? And I went, hmm, that sounds a bit dodgy. Uh, I will go. It's fine. I'll, I will go and look myself. I don't want other people to give me the information. I want to go and look for it myself. So they're empowered, and it's up to them. Yeah. So, but. What I don't so get is your problem. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but what I don't get is when people go, "Well, show me the proof." I'm like, "Yeah, you've got Google, right? You can do the research yourself, and it's better if you do it yourself because then you're looking for it yourself." But you could Google to find anything that you want to. Of course, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You and want to know that black is white? Oh, look, it is an hour. Okay, you can find a video to tell you. You can find information to tell you ice cream is good for you. You can find videos to tell you. Mahatma Gandhi is an evil bastard, right? That you can get anything. It's all out there. But you've got to have the filters yourself to be able to filter what's good and what's bad. So you've got to have the know-how, not the know-how, the awareness that, oh, that might not be right, or this, you know. So because 90%, of, yeah, 90% of the information, it doesn't matter what field you take, you could be in any field. Uh, it could be medicine, it could be IT, it could be marketing, any field you pick. 90% is bullshit. That's QI, isn't it? That's what they say. Like, yeah. Everything we're telling you now, that we prove wrong. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And so, 
if you if you're in like the marketing industry, for example, right, you automatically know because you're in that industry which is the bullshit, and you will automatically filter that out. You won't even see it. But if you're not in that industry, you go into that industry. What you find confusing is because you have you haven't got the knowledge or the awareness to filter that the ninety percent out. And so that's why it's confusing. But once you've been in that industry for a couple of years, and you know, you'll automatically go to the right place because you'll just bypass all the bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know that. So but let me ask you this then: How how long do you want to live for? Uh, how old are you now? First of all, I'm thirty five. Thirty five. And how long do you want to live for? Yeah. Uh, as long as I'm healthy and enjoying my life. Yeah, but if I'm not healthy. And no, but what age do you want that to be? Yeah, well, yeah, that's a better question. What age do you want? Let's say, let's go 90. Okay, so at 90, you want to be running 55 years, you've got to get through. Hence why, when someone says, I'm going to live for 108 years, it makes me a bit dubious. Yeah, that's only because you're not, because you don't know. Um, But you, how long do you want to? So, my, hmm, so my goal is to live to over 100. Uh, but still be active the way I am. Yeah, okay. I'm, yeah. No, I'm not down with any of this. Yeah. I, I, I think about 15 more summers and I'm out. I'm done. How old are you, brother? 48. 48? Yeah, about 63, I'm going to tap. I'm, I'm out. That's oh, really? It. Well, it just seems from everyone I'm seeing at the moment. Um, yeah, but that's them. That's that you. Of course it is, right? Yeah. But it seems that they're reaching a certain age. And I, it may be because they're old. All they're doing is moaning. That's all they're doing. I think actually, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the burden on the on the people around me. I don't want to get to that point where every single bit of my body hurts, no matter how well I've looked after myself. I'm, I'm an ex huge smoker, an ex massive drinker and drug taker. It's not going to end well for me in the final days. So I'll make the plan. I'll control it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've said to my mates, I said about it's about seven years. You know, it's about six, seven years ago. I said, right, I've got about twenty-two summers left. Wow. I'm going to enjoy the 22 summers. Yeah, yeah well then... Make most of the Yes. Um, so so what, what, what is your plan for the next 22 summers? Well, no, I'm down to about 15 now. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Have uh, you planned the next 10 then? Uh, I've planned the next couple. So, yeah, I, just, I want to be better at comedy. And my current goal is I want to do an Ironman. So, oh, nice. What exactly is an Ironman? It's the big swim. It's a big bike ride. Then it's a marathon. Okay, so I'm doing the half marathon next year. Mm-hmm. Um, sponsorship free as well. If you're serious about it, right? You don't yeah, need people yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. do it. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that, that's what I'm working to. So I reckon by the time I'm about 52, I'm going to be doing a, a triathlon. Okay. Which is the, the swim bike. Yeah, bike. yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I would at some point in my life climb Mount Everest, like stand on top of it, and then come back down. Why? Just for the hell of it. No reason whatsoever. Yeah, most people attempt that dice. That's kind of yeah. conflicting with your live to a hundred motto. Well, well, why would that? What do you mean? Uh, it's incredibly dangerous. It's, it's yeah. really difficult. Is that half people attempt yeah. it? Yeah. Have you heard the attempts? So, they're still there. So, so have you heard? They're of, like Han Solo. They're frozen up there. So, have you heard of a guy called the Iceman? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I do his Hoff. Hoff, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Something Hoff. Yeah, Wim Hoff, yeah. Wim Hoff, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. So I do his breathing and I do the cold showers and all that. And uh, next year, I'm planning on going on these courses. The expedition, you know, the one where he takes you up into the mountains in your underwear. Uh, do you guys know about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this guy... I mean, I'll come with you. If you want some company. I'll yeah, let's do it. Um, I'm so, fascinated by that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just I mean, for fun, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If none of it works... You might get an Edinburgh show out there. <laughs> no, but there's been uh, quite a few YouTubers who've gone on this thing, and they're like, they went to, they went on it to disprove it, to discredit it, and they end up becoming coaches with it. Yeah, because their mind went, okay, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can. Yeah, exactly. Now I can, look yeah. what I can achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. I did a, a couple, yeah, no, a month ago, I rode 120 miles overnight. Um, it's the third time I've done it. You would have said to me six years ago, you're going to be doing this. I'd be like, no, it's not yeah. that Because that's just not fun. Now I train for that all year. It's just, 
Yeah, it's yeah. an overnight bike ride with the Dunnage Dynamo. I love it. It's just, it's and fun. I can do it, right? Yeah, that's right. And when, when you can, it becomes fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, it's why it's hard to get people into exercise because when you first do it, it fucking hurts. Yeah, of course. And you have, you have to go through a lot of pain before you can just go, oh, I'll roll out of bed and do 5k. Yeah, but it's the same as, yeah, but that applies to anything. Imagine if you were starting out in comedy now. Imagine the pain you'd have to go yeah. through, the number of deaths you'd have to die on stage. You still have to though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah but, but, but we're, we're more conditioned now to it. But yeah. just remember, like, if, say, a new guy had stepped in and, you, and they wanted to do comedy, he'd, you'd go, yeah, you're going to have to die about 20, 30 times, you know, at like... At least. Gonna, yeah, yeah. I've, I've died at this fridge, I've died at least 10 times. Mm. But it's been awful. But right? each one, there's some pain to go through. Of course, you know, yeah, yeah. And, like, oh, and everything. But then that that material is not good enough. Right? Yeah, and I need to rethink that. Yeah, but I need to it's, it's, whatever I'm doing. Like, but it, that's part of the growth. That's part good. of the conditioning. And even then, right. you'll still get bits where you get people to laugh in those thirty deaths. Of course, yeah, yeah. But because like, when you go, when a compere says, "This is this guy's first ever gig," they go, crowds go fairly easy on you. Yeah, of course they do. But I have, I had 20 people in the other day, right? I've got over 100 jokes in my show. They laughed at every single joke, so much so that I had to, I had to drop about seven minutes of the material. Right? Six days beforehand, I had nine people in. Yeah. They didn't laugh once. The same jokes. Right? Wow. So, yeah, so, it's brutal sometimes. So, so if, if I was to say, what, if, if you, what, what advice would you give to uh, your younger self or to your kids about life? Like if you had to give like two or three bits of advice to your younger self or to your kids, what would you want to pass on to them? It's probably just to learn to accept yourself more. Because uh, I've always been like quite socially awkward. I've never really been comfortable talking to people. Uh, you should know it's hard to fucking axe about that. That's true, it's true. Uh, and now I'm 35, I'm like, yeah, I don't care, I'm, I'm happy just to... I, I think I used to, because people think that you should be the person that goes and talks to life and sells the party, and I was like, actually, I just don't need to, it doesn't matter that much. And so I think it's a bias that humans have, that most people think that everyone else is thinking about you, yes. whereas in reality, no one gives a fine fuck. No, absolutely. They're, they're worried about their own shit. Of course they are. Yeah. yeah. They're worried about what the other people are thinking about them. Yeah. And they're not. None of us can Nobody, about nobody cares. So, yeah. so how long did it take you for you to come to that realisation? Uh, when did you come to that realisation? Probably the last five or six years. And, and was there an epiphany or did it just slowly grow? Uh, there was no hipster epiphany sort of thing. I think it's something just, it just, just came over time as becoming more comfortable with yourself, really. Okay. Just, like people think I should be comfortable because I do stand up, but because I do stand up, I'm very well practiced and confident with a mic in my hand, shouting piss heads in pubs. Yeah. Having a quiet conversation over a coffee, probably not so much. Okay, and what, what other bits of information do you want to pass on to? Uh, that's the most important thing, really. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that just... That, that always question things, because... Question everything. Yeah, because everything. there is a... I work in IT, so I know I could put any information... I'd just write any old bollocks I like and stick it on the internet, and it would be there. Yeah. So you've got to be able to filter out the, the bullshit. That's exactly, yeah. So you've got to have the awareness. As it appears to you. Yeah. yeah. And I think also, the biggest a huge problem we have in our society at the moment, especially with the whole Brexit thing, left and right, is I think we've lost the ability to disagree with people without <laughs> being a constant. Yeah. Like, I, I'm disagreeing with Joe, I'm not being an arsehole. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, I'm not. I'm not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're the worst person in the world. Of course, you're going to agree with me. It's just got a different view to you. And you're an adult enough to go, oh, okay, is that the nonsense you believe in? 
I believe in this nonsense. No, okay, yeah. And it doesn't have to end in a, let's split everything up. And also, there's no God, it's all bullshit. And we should be able to say yeah, whatever. Exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. Well, this is the biggest blind spaghetti monster exists. Trust me, I've seen it. Who, God? No, this flying spaghetti monster. Yeah, the Italian around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, I've done a lot of as well. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, uh, I've had some amazing trips. I mean, um, don't do it. Um, yeah. What, what, what's the uh, the best one you've done? Well, acid. Um, yeah, acid's the best one you've done. Uh, no, in terms of drugs. Yeah. Um, I loved all of them. I loved it, yeah, but I wouldn't. I think that here's my problem with, with drugs. Everybody tells you drugs are bad, right? Yeah. And then when you're a young adult, you go and try drugs and you have a way of a time. More often than not, you do. And you're like, why oh, they lied to me about that? Well, why else have they lied to yeah. me about that? Oh, well, let me try this, let me try this, let me try this. And the first thing about drugs is you have a great time. And it's only when you're in, and you're in, for me, it was like a version of hell. Um, and I couldn't get out of it. And it was, oh, I get why drugs are bad now. <laughs> but I didn't see it initially. It was until I was. And suddenly you're like, you know, you're 30 years in and you're trapped by these addictions. And you, yeah, it's, but you don't realise that when you're 16 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just, well, yeah. it's how many drugs so bad, it's pretty weird. But if no. they would have just been honest about it, if someone would have come to the school and just say, you know, first time you do drugs, you're going to have a wait of time. But here's what happens over time. Right? The, the, the damage that alcohol has caused to me in my life and the people in my life, just because it's not for me, uh, it's that's not healthy. Yeah. Right. So yeah, if, if I just think we just need to be, we, we need to educate people a bit more. Like, we, it, it, don't teach me about trigonometry. Do you know how often I've used trigonometry? We learned that at school for ages. I don't even know what it is. Whereas if someone would have said to me, "Oh, this this is how you balance your money every month. If you're only earning seven grand a year, here's what you've got to take into account. Or here's what happens if you're going to smoke. You'll probably meet a lot more people." But there are downsides. You will get more flu. Right? You will have a cold more than anyone who doesn't smoke. Because you do, because you're ripping your, your body off. Right? For me, that was just, you know, if you're going to drink that much alcohol, you will lose a lot of mobile phones. Oh, God, will you? Well, they're expensive, aren't they? And I'm only earning seven grand a year. Bloody hell, I meant to bring this out. Can I afford to drink and own mobile phones? Probably not. I miss those, though. <laughs> As much as it's destroyed me. Yeah. Well, what, what about you, Ian? What's, um, what's your um, poison? Oh, uh, booze. Just booze. But, but you don't want to give it up? No, to no. be honest, I think... But you've got it under control anyway. Yeah, right? I think I'm at a stage. Um, I like real like and I don't yeah. want to drink foster Shitty beers. Ah, okay, okay. So, yeah, you won't even compromise, will really. you? If there's not good beer in the place, you're like, yeah, I'm all right. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, so almost, yeah, if I go to a pub and there's yeah, yeah. Carlsberg Fosters, like, I'm a gin Okay, so, so what are your favourite ales? Or, so you drink ales, real ales, right? Yeah, like, I like yeah, your pale ales mostly. I like experimenting too, so something on that's interesting, like, drinking. That mango oh. one you had last night smelled gorgeous. What was yeah. the mango one? It's, uh, it's a pale ale. Yeah, yeah it's, I don't know what brew it was from, but luckily our venue is the Hanover Taps. They have about five or six different taps of quality stuff on. And they've got this huge TV above the bar of all of the different rail hours they've got. Wow. You can, you can yeah. comment on the real hour now and again and it appears on the bottom of the TV. So you can Twitter it in. It's a, yeah, technology is amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. that sounds... Like, because there are like groups of real ill drinkers. See, see I, I'm, I'm open about hipsters, and but then I'm, I'm but you're one of them now. For, for, for this one thing, yeah. And to be honest, actually, I'm actually more of a socks and sandals camera sort of owl man. I, I, I like the odd interesting one, but I also like the more traditional ones too. So that's because I moved to Kent to move in with my girlfriend, and he's like. Beer is so much better in Kent compared to Essex. Any pub in Essex is just Carlsberg, Foster's, Guinness. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically it's John Smith's. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's just the commercialisation. But I've got a stage where it's like, I'll drink once or twice a week, 
if I'm being good. Yeah. Every now and then I'd maybe have a week where I drink every day, but don't fringe. Yeah, the fringe. Yeah, yeah I, I've noticed my my food went to shit when I got here. Yeah. Uh, normally my food is pretty good, but it sort of fell apart. Well, you're running from gig to gig. Yeah. Like, you can't run. yeah. And but I it back, back under control. Like I eat five meals a day here. Yeah. At least. Wow. Well, yeah. I don't stop eating. And I'm running because I do. So basically, I fly out for two hours, then I do a show, then I fly out for an hour, then I do my show, then I fly out for an hour and a half, then I do my show. And then that, I have like meal replacement things, I'm eating bananas, and yeah, and I'll eat a huge breakfast, yeah. then I'll have a huge dinner, and I'll try, try and squeeze in meals throughout that as well. Yeah, Jewish yeah, festival, even though I'm eating but, shit and you know, uh, drinking booze. I always end up losing weight because everywhere's uphill. Yeah. Yeah, you're cut, you're walking everywhere, aren't you? Being on stage, I just think the energy that that, that takes out of you, uh, for someone at our level, right? Um, maybe a more seasoned pro, maybe not, but yeah, I think that nervous energy burns off a hell of a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially if you're feeling it's slightly under pressure, you'll sweat. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, my the first week here, I had to take. I took a change of clothes. I was changing my clothes, well, ch- changing my t-shirt once a day. So I'd have to do a show, change my shirt, change, do my next show, again, change another shirt. Jesus. Whereas now, now I've settled into it and I'm a bit more confident about what I'm doing. Yeah. This is my first solo show. It's um, yeah, I'm on, I'm on one shirt a day. Check me. And, and what um, what do you feel are the qualities to become successful? Hard work. Hard work. Hard work and water. Hard work and water, and what about you? Hard work and beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not not hard work and beer. It's hard work and real ale. <laughs> not just any beer. Oh, right? just any beer. For me, real ale. But if you want to drink dogs piss faster, then you knock yourself out. No, but for you, it'd be real ale, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so a nice, nice great hop head. Hop head. What's that? So it's my favourite ale. Oh right, okay. So we're we'll down in Brighton from the Dark Star Brewery. Well, what do you guys think of Guinness then? So I've heard of people like, on these things like mention something, they send you free shit for advertising, so I thought I'd get that one in there. Guinness, oh, was, right. Guinness was my drink. Yeah, same here. Like, like, one of the things I find hard to yeah. not drink is Guinness, yeah. I've had, since I've been here, I've had two pints of Guinness. Oh, I do love a, a nice stout uh, yeah. water in the winter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like in the summer. Uh, Definitely a cold winter's night I drink that. I fell off the wagon a couple of years ago in, in Edinburgh actually and I only had a couple of pints. My first pint, I sort of barked him and went, what do you want, a soda water and lime? And I went, get me a Guinness. And he went, oh, okay, he put a Guinness in front of me. I swallowed it in about two gulps, didn't I? I was like, I'll have another one please. And he went, I don't think you should. Get me, and I went, okay. Maybe you should drink it slower. Yeah, all right, maybe I should go on and yeah. I had about six pints that night. Uh, my life in the space of about three hours, my life completely fell apart again. And it was like, okay, there's a reason I don't do this. Yeah, maybe you needed that at that point. Yeah, I did. Right? Yeah, it was good to fail. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, sorry, how are you meeting? No, 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 we're, we're finished. We're finished. We're coming in. Yeah, so yeah, thank you very much. Um, I'm Biohacker Joe Bates, and I'll.